Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today. I love the time we get to spend together to enjoy learning and growing and thriving. I love that word, thriving. It's such a great word. It's so powerful. The impact that you can have in the world. And let's be honest, the impact that a lot of you are having in the world. But if we really want to grow, if we want to grow as people, if we want our companies to truly grow and thrive. If we want to be thriving entrepreneurs, we need number one to lead with heart, with the soul, the depth, the compassion, the caring that is us. There is nothing greater that we have than our ability to be able to connect to another soul because they understand, they feel and can then from there know that we care. So amazingly incredible when you're able to use words and reach somebody else. When you're able to create a product that is designed on purpose to help somebody else change their life. What an amazing opportunity that is for us to be able to just simply put our heart out there to share the heart and soul and core of who we are. Whether we're doing it in our digital marketing, whether we're doing it as part of our speaking, or whether it's just a matter of we're doing all the things we should do to grow our business. And that all starts from the heart and soul and core of our passion that drives the purpose that we were created for, that we were put on this planet to make such a massive, incredible difference in this world. I'm so excited to be able to bring this episode to you today. I have three amazing speakers that are guests that I was uh, able to sit down and talk with. In fact, this first one, the interview was so amazing that I did something that I haven't been doing lately other than with my paid clients and I jumped him ahead of the queue. Those of you that are still waiting, I apologize, but this one was totally worth it. And I'm so excited to bring this gentleman to you. I had to share his knowledge and the blessing that I had to be able to get to speak to somebody at this level. I had to bring him to you right now. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it and see today if we can learn how to lead with heart and be thriving entrepreneurs. Join me in welcoming Richard Green. Hey, Richard, how are you doing today? Really good. Thanks for inviting me on your show, Steve. Absolutely. Looking forward to talking to you. So tell us a little bit about who you are and how you show up in the world. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, well, I am someone who used to be a lawyer. Um, I, I travel around the world now giving speeches Um about public speaking, coaching presidents, prime ministers, political candidates, CEOs, uh, celebrities, royalty, housewives, students, you name it, on an absolutely disruptive, in a positive way, new way of learning how to show up in the world, uh, to use your term, and to share who you are when you're in front of an audience. So I teach public speaking. I used to be Tony Robbins' lawyer um, and realized after spending a couple of years with Tony Robbins that what he was doing by going around and contributing you know, massively to the world was way more fun and fulfilling than what I was doing as a lawyer. And so for the last 37 years, you know, I've been teaching 
this very different definition of public speaking. I have a TED talk called The Seven Secrets of the Greatest Speakers in History, where I try to break it down to seven steps you need to take if you really want to engage and touch and move people. Um, and I also love redefining other things. I've written some books and tons and tons of articles redefining politics um, to get away from the hyper-partisan um, kind of nasty back and forth that, that we've seen in the last years um, and to communicate how much we actually have in common, how much we can accomplish together. And then, as I just mentioned to you, I've always had a passion um, in spirituality and understanding who am I, why am I here, and what is God and the universe. And so I had an epiphany a few years ago uh, because Albert Einstein, um, who I included in a book that I wrote on the greatest speeches of speakers and speeches of the 20th century, his he has been a huge uh, role model for me in terms of how he thinks about the world. And I had an epiphany that E equals MC squared is, in fact, the mathematical scientific definition of God. So I love redefining things. And um, but bottom line, I think we're here and I know you're a minister. I think we're here to contribute and to serve the all, whether you want to call that all God or whatever. Um, and that's the, the greatest thing we can do well beyond uh, amassing wealth or ego or all of that. So I hope that I hope that answers that very open question. Yes, yes, it does. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about speaking. I mean, most people that are in business say at least they want to be speakers um, in some extent or another, but without giving us all seven, because I think they need to buy the book in order to get all seven of them. What is one thing that you think, uh, you know, people don't even take into account before they start into their brand new speaking career? Right. So let me, let me, let's go back into the past a tiny bit. And it still happens today, which is really sad for me. The model, the gold standard of getting people to feel comfortable when they give a speech in front of an audience is to look over the heads of the audience or to imagine that the audience is naked or in their underwear. Have you ever heard that? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> well, that is literally like being in New York and telling someone if they want to go to Los Angeles, they should head to London. It's the complete opposite of what great speakers do. And again, I, I, I've spent a long time with one of the greatest speakers in the world, Tony Robbins. What great speakers do is they do not create a hierarchy between themselves and the audience. So imagine if you're looking over their head or you're imagining them in some you know, discounted condition, like they're sitting there naked, you're creating a hierarchy, hierarchy between yourself and them. That hierarchy may on initially seem like, oh, don't worry about the audience. They're nothing. They're just sitting there in their underwear. But the truth is, that turns you into a performer and it separates you from the very people, the audience that you are there to contribute to. So here's my definition of public speaking uh, without going into the seven steps. And by the way, my, my book, Words That Shook the World, came out as a coffee table book, came out in 2002. It's, it's out of print. You could probably still find it on Amazon, but you could, without paying any money, people can just go watch the, the TED Talk. But here's the definition of public speaking. Public speaking, great public speaking is nothing more than having a conversation from the heart, not your head, having a conversation from your heart about something you are authentically passionate about, dot, 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 in order to help the people in the audience in order to help others. So if you have a great product that you genuinely authentically feel can help people, then that's what you want to be focused on. If you have a great service, you have a great idea, you have a great message, you have a great whatever, right? So you're there to, you're there for them. So you could break it down into four words. It's 
all about them. Now, why do I focus on this? I focus on this because public speaking is the number one fear of adults in the world. And the reason people fear it is because they look at it as a performance and then they get nervous. They get performance anxiety. So you're not giving a speech. You're not giving a performance. You're not even giving a presentation. You're having a conversation from your heart about something that you just are so authentically passionate about that you can't wait to share it. If people focus on that new definition of public speaking, and I've coached tens of thousands of people all over the world, the fear level drops massively and immediately, and then you're able to do what it's all about, which is to really just connect with and help other people. You brought up an interesting point in there, all of which I agree with. Um, a lot of people get stuck in that concept of who am I and what am I really supposed to do in this world? Do you have any tricks for them as to how they can begin to really be themselves authentically? Well, I think your question, which I agree with, and I think it's the most important question we can ask, you know, who am I, why am I here, right? Is based on this idea that who we are is not our physical bodies. In other words, we have show we are we are beyond just our physical bodies living in this particular moment in time. So I'm assuming you would agree with that. But even if you don't, if you only think this is a one-shot thing, which I think is not true, uh, the first law of thermodynamics, which is accepted by every scientist in the world, says that energy can be neither created nor destroyed. And Einstein proved that matter and energy are the same thing. So nothing is ever truly born, nothing ever dies from that scientific perspective. But I think you find your raison d'etre, your reason for being in this particular lifetime by looking at the things that excite you. Those things that excite you are like breadcrumbs to grandmother's house, right? They will take you where, oh my God, I love hanging out with kids. I love being with kids. Okay, maybe you're here to support kids. Or I love math. I just love math. Well, maybe you're here to create some mathematics formulas or to do something with math. Or I love, I love sports or I love you know, uh, Christianity. I just can't get enough of reading the Bible. Whatever it is, that is your clue. God or nature will give you clues all the time because you are not here to do something, in my opinion, and to engage your life in some way that is not incredibly exciting and fulfilling. Just the opposite. Mm. you've been around so many amazing people. I mean, besides the pictures of all the cool people that you've hung out with in person. Um, but from your heart to the listeners, if you could encourage them on any one thing today, what would that be? What's on your heart? Wow. Wow. I mean, other than what I just said, right. Which is, um, to tune it to actually i would say to ask those three questions and I, i'll repeat them who am i <laughs> like like who really am i who am i this i'm my name is richard green right but who am i am i am i a soul living in this body called richard green am i just a bunch of physical plasma right? That's going to live for a hundred years or whatever, or am I an eternal soul, right? So there's that. So who am I? Why am I here, right? What is my, as they say in the Eastern philosophies, what is my dharma? What is my purpose, right? And then, you know, it helps to answer question number one, question number two with question number three, what is God in the universe, right? That helps give you an understanding of who you are and, and why you're here. And, and I just think that all of the great people I've met, right, whether it's Princess Diana or, you know, Tony Robbins or presidents or prime ministers or, or whatever, um, they have a really powerful sense of their purpose. Can I, can I share one of the first things that Princess Diana told me when I was with her at Kensington Palace? 
Yes, please do. So I had met her previously, um, and then she invited me to help her overcome her fear of public speaking. It just comes up inside that I really need to ask her this question, like within the first minute or two. And I say, so you're one of the most famous people in the world, and seemingly you could accomplish so much. What is your purpose? What is your sense of your mission in this life? Right. And I was a little surprised that I actually asked her such a profound question at the beginning of our time together. And without hesitation, you know what she says? Without hesitation, she says, I'm not coming back. I'm going to do it all this time. And I was just blown away. And in my head, I'm thinking, am I about to have a conversation about reincarnation with the princess of Wales? And, and I asked her, I said, so do you believe in reincarnation and tell me more? And she said, yes, I, this is my last lifetime and I'm going to accomplish everything that I need to do in this lifetime. And then a little over a year later, she was killed and I was in London for the funeral and watching the crowds of people just completely transformed all just so deeply in their heart and she was the queen of hearts and i remember looking up at the sky saying congratulations you you did it that is so cool what a powerful story and what an amazing woman and the thing that i think is coolest about that is you know everybody looks on princess diana and how eloquent and amazing of a person she was and yet she had questions in her own mind about her capability to go up and deliver a powerful speech. Oh my God. Yeah. She hated it. She hated it. I, I remember at one point I started talking to her about some of the early speeches she had given that I had, had watched. And she literally put her hand up to say, stop. She goes, I don't even want to think about those. I don't want to talk about it. And she, she hated um, public speaking. And she even told me, she said, I wish I could be, I wish I could be more like Charles who goes up there and tells a joke and just seems to be so comfortable. And I, I had a real response to that to make her feel better. And this was after they had separated. So I knew she would, you know, love to hear me not giving Charles all that much credit. And, but this was a genuine thing. And I said, but, but Diana, that's all, uh, Charles has. After the joke, he's got nothing. You go up there, and even without a joke, you have your authentic self, which is magical. She really liked hearing that. I love that so much. So uh, there's so many things you have out. You have your TEDx talks and your books and stuff like that. Um, what if a person wants you, I mean, I'm sure they feel like they're out of your league now after talking about Princess Diana, but what if they would really like <laughs> to have you help them up-level their public speaking? Uh, you know, can they do that? And how would they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Don't be intimidated. Um, I mean, if I have the time, I would love working with people. I love doing online uh, groups. Um, and um, I have trained um, someone who is as good as... I think maybe I am, and perhaps even better, and that is my 35-year-old daughter. Um, so if, if people would, are intimidated by working with me or they want to work with somebody younger and hipper and cooler, um, that I could certainly connect you with my daughter. And, and I also have a, a team of, of other people that, that I work with. But seriously, just contact me. My email is richard at... And then the name of my book, Words That Shook the World.com, Richard at Words That Shook the World.com. And um, it's just so fun. Uh, it's kind of like an Oprah Winfrey makeover. Like, because whenever I start working, working with someone on a speech, whether it's a politician or a celebrity, or again, just a, a person who's got to give a, a eulogy or a wedding, best man wedding speech or whatever. Um, it, it goes from being whatever it is to being two or three or 10 times better. And then how I know that it's really working is that the people 
feel comfortable. It's like, ah, oh, gosh, it's not, it's easier now. You've, you've made it so it's easier. I don't feel stressed. I feel like I can be authentic. Let me give you a quick example. The best public speaking that happens, and this is the goal to get to that place, and everyone, even if they hate public speaking, almost everyone in the world has done this. And this is where you can get with a little bit of coaching. And that is, you've just seen an incredible movie. You walk out of the movie theater, you run into some friends who were there. And then, I mean, how many of you have done this where you go, oh my God, you have to see this movie or this play or this concert, whatever. It's so amazing. You know, the cinematography, the acting, blah, blah, blah. I laughed, I cried. And there's no performance anxiety because all you're doing is those three steps that I just shared, right? You're having a conversation from your heart, right? Because you just were moved by this movie about something you were authentically passionate about. You're really authentically passionate in that moment about that movie in order to help other people. It's like, hey, you know, I spent $15 on that movie and I got $500 worth of benefit. Here, I'm giving you $485, right? That's who we are. That's the essence of public speaking and all of this idea that you have to do it a certain way and blah, blah, blah. Techniques can be helpful, but the ultimate purpose of techniques and the ultimate purpose of coaching when done right is just for you to be yourself. No acting, no performance, no presentation. And everybody can get there. That's what's so cool about it. That is so amazing, Richard. Um, you know, I wish we just had like three or four hours to just hang out, but, um, I do appreciate you giving us such wonderful, juicy content here for the show. Thanks for being with me on the show here today. You're welcome. What a great interview. And thank you for all the work you do in the world. That was so amazing. I hope that you will reach out and work with Richard or work with his daughter who he trained to be able to do all those things for you. And he even said after the interview, you know, she's at a little bit lower price point. So some of you can get help from her. Same kind of things, but have it be a little bit more affordable if that's an issue for you. Either way, I do hope that with everything you do, you lead with the heart, the soul, the core of the purpose that is you. That is the number one key to being a thriving entrepreneur. With that said, let's take our first commercial break and we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about Leading with your heart, the real way to grow you, to grow your business. Let's jump into our next expert and talk about some digital marketing. Join me in welcoming Eric Seropian. Hey, Eric, how are you doing today? Hey there, I'm well. How are you? I am doing great, thanks. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. So um, a little bit about me. I uh, I have a background. I, I used to own a uh, jewelry company, jewelry design company, and uh, pivoted over to doing digital marketing. 
I don't know, uh, you know, you don't really hear too many jewelers that go from jewelers to digital marketers, but uh, here I am. And so we own, I own a digital marketing agency called This Is My South Bay. I live in the South Bay part of Los Angeles. I've grown up there. I live there. Uh, and, and I'm in love with the area. So I named the, my company after that. Love it. So what moved you from jewelry to digital marketing? Well, back around the Great Recession, when things slowed down with jewelry, it became really hard to sell to jewelry stores. The jewelry stores around the country were closing up a lot of the brick and mortar stores. And so we decided to pivot over to a little bit more to business to consumer, away from business to business. And I threw myself into digital marketing and uh, really took to SEO. And at some point I started to do, you know, friends and family doing some, uh, you know, uh, tests and just working on people's websites for free. And then started to charge some other people for consulting work to do their SEO work. And at some point I realized I can monetize this and I'm really enjoying it and pivoted over. So for people who don't know what SEO is, can you explain it to us simply? Sure. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. So basically a search engine like Google, Yahoo, Bing, and many others. When you uh, are searching in their search box, let's say you're searching for a product or service, let's say a, a mechanic. And so you search for a mechanic and then you have in the search engine result page that comes up on the first, let's say two are what is called sponsored and probably the bottom two are sponsored. Now that fat middle there is 10 to page is what Google matches up with the user and the website saying, hey user, it would be good if you met this company, this website. And so that's organically placed there. You cannot buy that real estate. And so the process of getting ranked on, on, on the search engine organically is called search engine optimization. You have to optimize your website in order to get Google's attention to be ranked. So a lot of people have made a lot of promises about search engine optimization. Um, how much can you really guarantee? You know, I hear about that all the time. You know, everybody seems to have a, a bad experience with digital marketing in general. Um, it, it's funny because there's pre-COVID and hopefully after COVID passes, there, there's an academy in Orange County. It's called Orange County Search Engine Academy that I teach part-time. I teach uh, search engine optimization classes. And a lot of the people that come to those courses are people that are just fed up with, you know, uh, trying people out, you know, overseas and their neighbor's kid or whatever and Craigslist and so on. And, you know, they haven't been able to crack the code and they know their competitors have. And so they're not really looking to come in and, um, you know, learn it to be a digital marketer. They just want to know how to read the reports, what to, what to do, best practices, and, and what not to do in order to upset or make Google happy. And, uh, you know, it, it, there's nothing that guarantees it. The, the, the thing is, as time goes on, things get even tighter. And so it's good to throw your hat in the ring sooner than later. Even these days, uh, Google, when you advertise on Google ads, Sometimes when the website is not up to snuff for Google, they won't even sell you the traffic. So if let's say, for example, your website doesn't load quickly enough, if you have broken links on your website, if it's not a good user experience for Google, uh, they won't even take your money. So things are, you know, Google is becoming uh, tighter and tighter, uh, making sure that it delivers the best possible user experience to the user. What, uh, what is the most impactful thing that a person can do for their website to begin to start ranking? Well, the easiest thing to do that's in their control is to make sure that the website is, you know, quote unquote, optimizable. 
meaning, you know, if, if you, uh, let's say you search for something on Google and then you, you from this uh, results page, you click on a website and you go to their website and it takes you 10 seconds to load the page. You're gonna have a bad user experience. You're not even gonna remember the website that you went to. You're gonna blame Google. So you wanna make sure that the, the website loads, the, the, the graphics are within a certain uh, parameter. It's mobile friendly. Uh, like I said, no broken links. Make sure that the website is optimizable before you start to do anything. And that's within your control. Secondly, most businesses, they, they uh, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of businesses, they, they've done social media marketing. And so when you're gonna do uh, SEO, you have to maintain your social media campaign because that's one of the metrics that Google looks at to determine whether, whether it's going to give you ranking or not. It tries to figure out how you're doing. You know, if you post once a year or if you're posting every day and you're not getting any shares, follows, comments, likes, it's going to take that into consideration when it's uh, giving you ranking. And the third thing that just off the top would be reputation management. So if you have on your Yelp uh, or your Google reviews or your Facebook reviews, if you get a positive comment, you should always reply and thank them. And if you get a negative comment, don't just ignore them. Don't insult the client. Um, get into a conversation where, you know, uh, you're, you're making an effort because I see it all the time. I use Yelp a lot. And a lot of times I go to the negative reviews to see what their people are complaining about. And sometimes I go to Yelp review and, uh, or to a profile and someone gave a negative review and the brand is insulting the, uh, the client. And that's, that doesn't sit well. And so I like it when they say, hey, what can we do? You know, there, there was a mistake made and, and so on. They may not resolve it, but at least I see that the brand is making an effort. And so does Google. So all of it sounds like it could be pretty expensive. Is it pretty expensive to have the SEO done for your website? It really depends on you know how fast you want to go, how many keywords you want to target, um, you know how competitive the keywords are. Local SEO is less difficult than you know if you're selling an item that can be sold worldwide and you're competing with everybody in every town and every country. So it really depends on. Um, a couple of different parameters. So when a person wants to get started with you, um, what does it take to even find out how much that's going to cost them? So usually what I do is I, uh, I do two things. I, uh, I do a, first of all, to see where the client is at with their own website. So we do keyword research and see where they're at with their website. Secondly, we ask for at least 10 or in some cases 15 direct competitors to see which, which keywords we're going to look to target. And then we put together you know, a proposal. So it really depends on uh, the budget of the client and how quickly they want to go. Usually what we start off at is about 1500 a month and then kind of go up from there depending on how much they want to, how fast they want to go. What size of companies are the ones that should be doing the SEO? Um, I don't know about size-wise, but I think, you know, it, it depends on how much they're able, you know, if they're looking for new business, because SEO is for new business. If you have, if you've made a client, they're not really going to be searching for you online, except for maybe by your name. Uh, but some companies, they can't handle extra business. Like if you're a real estate agent and you know you have an open house that you're doing every weekend, if there's a new person that comes in that wants to sell their house, you're not going to have the time to do it. So it, it depends how aggressive people want to be. And it's SEO is one of those things where it's not like you just flip the switch and you're, you go. It takes time to get ranked. Google is not just going to give you the ranking. So the sooner you can start, the sooner you can start to create content and be in front of Google and start to get links and start to, uh, you know, get reviews and you're able to do that in a consistent grip, um, the better off you're going to be in the future. 
So what elements of it could a person just do themselves if they're not quite at a place where they can do 1500 a month? So the easiest way to go is, um, let's say uh, a lot of people, they feel like they have to choose between Google and social media. And social media seems to be something that's maybe within more of their skill set, or they have someone in their, you know, in their circle that can do Facebook posts and Instagram posts easier. You can take that content that you're creating for social media and recycle it and create blog posts and content for your uh, SEO campaign. So that would be a starting point. What one piece of advice would you give to somebody who maybe, and I don't know what world they're living in, but maybe this is the first time I've heard about SEO. Uh, what, what piece of advice would you give them? Well, I don't know what world they're living in, but there's a lot of people that haven't heard of SEO. They've heard of Google and Yahoo, but SEO is kind of not as mainstream as I'm, as I'm finding out. But I think that the example that I gave, uh, that I always give, um, consistency. So if you're, let's say, January 1st, you get 100 uh, reviews to, to your company on Yelp, and then the rest of the year, you don't get anything. That's actually going to be a negative score for you. It has to be something, whether you're building out content or reviews coming in, link building or whatever, it has to be done in a regular uh, fashion. You know, if you're posting on social media, if you post 365 posts on Instagram on January 1st and nothing the rest of the year, it's the same thing. It has to be a regular drip type of a campaign. So if you're going to do 100 posts on social media, do two a week you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, Sundays and, you know, whatever, Fridays, uh, spread it out, have some sort of consistency, and Google will recognize that. Perfect. So if somebody wants to go deeper with you, how would they get in contact with you? They can go to my website. It's thisismysouthbay.com. There's a book now button if they want to book a 15-minute uh, consultation. It's free. We can go over whatever questions and strategies they have for SEO. And if they like, they, there's a, a form there that they can fill out. It's just you put in your email address and your website address, and we email a free uh, report, SEO report, on that website. Perfect. Well, give us some uh, parting words of encouragement when it comes to really, truly being able to rank. Yeah, this is, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, digital marketing and SEO in particular is something that, you know, is growing every day. And, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to get ranking right away. I just want to be clear on that because a lot of marketers will come in and guarantee things and, you know, uh, sell things. It's it's out of our control to get that ranking. You can't guarantee it. But over time, it's been proven to work. And it's something that um, is, is a game changer for a small business. Because once that free traffic starts coming in from Google, it really changes the bottom line for a business. Perfect. Well, Eric, I really appreciate you spending a little bit of time here with us, helping us understand a little better what SEO is and how it can work for us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Digital marketing is not for the faint of heart. Don't be afraid. If you need to reach out, get the help. You really can have an effective digital presence on the internet. But it's okay if you need that help. That doesn't diminish you at all. You lead with heart and allow those that are experts at that to put your heart out there into the digital world. Let's take another commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with 
Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about leading with your heart, about reaching out with the heart and soul and compassion that is you to make the difference that only you can make in this world. Let's talk a little bit here. We've got a great last person that I've interviewed that I want to bring to you to help you learn some secrets and how to really truly grow your business. Pay attention, take some notes. Let's dive into how to grow our business as we continue our discussion about bringing the true heart and soul and core of who you are and living as a thriving entrepreneur. Here we go. Join me in welcoming Christine Hansen. Hey, Christine, how are you doing today? Hi, Steve. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very well. It's my second interview this year. So I've just started work today. I'm really excited to get started. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah, so I am um, coming from a very traditional academic background and I've discovered entrepreneurship around six, seven years ago. And ever since I am living and breathing it. So I have my third company now that I love, which is Christine Means Business. And I work as a business consultant and coach for people who either want to start growing a business online or who already have a business and want to grow it or who want to change it. Mm, That's awesome. So uh, what were your first two businesses? Just out of curiosity. (laughs) So my very first business was called Sleep Like a Baby, and I'm in Luxembourg, Europe, and um, I had my daughter, and I discovered that there was something like a baby sleep consultant. Um, It's not something that exists over here, really. It's a completely new concept here. And as I dove into this, you know, preparations, first baby, really want to be able to have it be sleeping as quickly as possible. Um, I discovered that you could, you know, train, sleep, sleep, train from a very, very early age. And then I discovered that it was actually a profession going with that. And that dove me into the whole world of entrepreneurship. So after a year, after my baby was born, I decided to give up my job and start my own baby sleep business. So sleep like a baby. But then I discovered that I really don't like babies apart from my own. So that obviously wasn't a magic fit. But I did love the area of sleep. So I pivoted and I founded Sleep Like a Boss. And it took me about a year and year and a half to really find the perfect combination for helping sleep deprived people, insomniacs in a holistic way. So I added to the traditional methods of cognitive behavior therapy and sleep hygiene and habits. I added labs, so functional diagnostic labs. We work with hormones, thyroid, nutrition, cellular health, gut health, all kinds of things. And after a while, I discovered that I really enjoyed building that business, which is still thriving, but that building the business was actually more interesting to me than necessarily working with my insomniac clients. So what I did was that I started to structure it in a way that I franchised it out. So now I have a team. And as of now, January, actually, I'm still on board as the founder, but one of my team members has taken over as the CEO as well. So I'm just there to help with anything marketing-wise or strategic-wise, but I really discovered that I love the online world and the digital marketing world. And so that is where Christine Means Business has come in, which is now my third business. Um, And so, yeah, everything had a reason to be and everything was the stepping stone for the next thing that, you know, bringing me closer to what I really love doing. So 
We Mean Business. Tell me a little bit about the book and uh, what you teach us in it. Mm-hmm. So as I said, the first business, so Sleep Like a Baby, was in 2015. And to me, a lot has changed in the online marketing world since then. And I don't know if it's the internet alone, but a lot, I learned a lot, a lot of lessons. And during Sleep Like a Boss, I also had a podcast that I ran with my friend Kendra Perry for two years, and we had 100 episodes. And then we decided it was actually, you know, it was great. We had a lot of content, but because she was in Canada and I was here in Luxembourg, it was difficult to record. And so it became more of a burden after a while. And we decided to call it quits. But there was so much knowledge in that podcast. And also I have learned so much that I decided that I didn't want that knowledge to go to waste. And that is why I created We Means Business. And that is my book that's coming out now in January 22nd. 2022 and I just realized that that's actually a pretty cool date (laughs) and it's really it's a beautiful all-encompassing book that isn't out there yet Um, so it's really a beautiful merging of structure strategy so you have how to brand your business how to niche your business how to market yourself how to create emails how to you know how to even build a website but also really importantly, how do I stay healthy while doing that? How can I keep my spirits up when things are difficult, which they will be? How do I deal with people who might not like me and will not be afraid to tell me or internet trolls? All of those things are in that book. So it's really a practical guide that you can either read chronologically, but you can also jump around from whatever topic you feel you could benefit the most of at any given time. And I find that there's nothing like it out there. You have some purely marketing books, you have some purely spiritual or mindset books, but there's nothing that really combines all of it. So I'm really excited to be sharing all of this. And it's written in a very casual way. It's because it's taken from the podcast. It's really conversational, very easy to understand, not overwhelming, and so I'm really excited to put to putting it out in the world. So much like asking you what's your favorite part of your child, um, what is your favorite part of this book? Oh, there's so many. Um, I think it's partly it makes me laugh because when I reread it, and I had somewhere a ghostwriter who knows me very, very well personally to write it, I think. The favorite part of it is the voice because it's me. I can honestly say every chapter is infused with my thoughts, with, you know, my point of view. And I think having the maturity and also the confidence now to do it in that way, you know, to really be out there and not to say just, okay, this is maybe what is always suggested or what you will see as a general guidance. But I want to make you aware of this and this because I personally have made these and these experiences with my clients or with myself. I think that's my favorite part of it as the essence. In terms of chapters, personally, for me, the mindset ones, you know, how to stay mentally healthy is probably my favorite. But it's also because, you know, the rest is more strategic. So I feel it depends on where you are and what you want to learn of what your favorite part is going to be, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So what can we do to get started? How can we begin to mean business in our own life? Oh, that is a great question. And the answer is to start looking at who we are. And that might sound very strange. How can that have to do anything with our business? But the truth is that your business is a part of you. And if you want to attract people, whether it is customers for your product or clients for your services, doesn't matter. You want to speak to people and you want to have people being in your sphere that you like. I cannot stress that enough. And to do that, you have to be kind of selfish. You have to be kind of really out there with what you like and what you don't like, what you think is funny and what you just are like, meh, things that you are passionate about and things that are not interesting to you because the perfect people will relate exactly to that. 
Now, sometimes though, or a lot of the times before we start a journey like that, we are half asleep, actually, you know, we never really ask those questions. What do you shamelessly actually like? What do you shamelessly not like? And to actually pronounce that out loud, to publicly write it down. And I think a good place to get started there is one of my favorite tools is journaling. It's actually to sit down and to just map out, okay, who am I? What do I like about myself? What don't I like about myself? Where can I improve? What do I want to change? How can I express that? And that will be amazing for your business as well as for yourself. Because to me, you don't always have to show everything of yourself for your business, but parts of it are really, really important. So to get started, knowing who you are and what your personal important values are is step number one. And sometimes we think we know, but when we actually dive deep and really investigate, it can be very, very interesting what comes up. What do you think gets in the way the most from people uh, really, you know, becoming the best version of themselves? I think a lot of the time it's subconscious conditioning or subconscious messages that we've been given that actually don't really align with what we truly, truly believe. So there might be messages um, from our upbringing that were always meant in a good way. Like I'm not shaming parents or teachers or anything like that. Most of the time, I would really say, I think they were brought to us to shape us into good beings or what our, you know, whatever those people thought is a good human being. But sometimes it's not really true for us. And I see that in business particularly can be a big, big problem when it, it is about earning money. The money conversation in general is already a difficult one for a lot of people. But it can also be, especially what I see with my clients in the service industry, it's about, I enjoy doing this so much. It's easy for me. How can I actually charge for this? How can I ask money for something that brings me joy? Doesn't it have to be hard? Um, you know, and, and traditionally, all the jobs that bring a lot of money are traditionally things that have a big academic, long academic backgrounds. Like if we look at doctors, you know, gods and white, you know, the typical stereotype, they had a long, long area of study. They went to university for years and years and years and years. It was very often, you know, combined with a lot of sweat and tears and long hours. So they deserve the status that they have. They deserve to have a higher paycheck. But what if I am given a talent and it's just there and I might not even have an academic background to it, but I'm very good at what I do. How can I charge the same thing? It seems ridiculous, you know, it seems too out there. So those are things that are beautiful to un unlayer and to dive into. Because I think those are things that hold us back a lot, because then we exchange time for pittance and it burns us out. It, it's, and then we start to resent what we actually loved in the beginning. And so that is one of the main things that I see that is in our way a lot of the time. So for a person who would like to go deeper with you on this, how can they get in contact with you? The easiest things is to go over to my website, christinemeansbusiness.com, and then just go to the contact page and write me an email. To stalk me privately, you can go to my Instagram page where my handle is by Christine underscore Hansen. That's where you find out more about who I am, what my essence is, my stories are snapshots of how I live, what I do. Um, and whereas my website has my blog where I go more into educational content. Um, that's a little bit, I don't want to say dry, but it's just a little bit more theoretical. And you said the book is coming out soon. It is called We Mean Business, the practical guide for creative entrepreneurs, coaches, small businesses to build your brand and grow your business online. Exactly. It's coming out on the 22nd of January, 2022. 
And during a five-day period, so from the 22nd until the 27th of January, you can actually get a free copy on Amazon of the um, digital version, so for your Kindle. So mark that in your calendars if you can, um, and if you happen to, you know, to listen to this before that period. Well, Christine, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you for having me. Use those tips, buy into those secrets, and really truly grow your business so that it can be the heart, the soul, the compassion, that thing that people that you're meant to serve need. It's the most powerful and effective thing that we can do to just simply be the best version of ourselves while it's called today to make the impact that only we can make in this world with only the power of something as simple as being ourselves. I think a lot of times that is so undervalued in the world, that amazing, immense power of just who you are with all of our faults, all of our blemishes, all of the things that go into being who we are, that also the heart and soul and compassion of who we are, that shines through too. And that's what makes the difference. That's where that connection, just like we started off the episode today talking about, that's the real secret sauce, is you being willing enough to be vulnerable enough to be valuable. For the longest time, and it was actually something a coach uh, several years ago, I mean, it was before we even moved down to California, so a lot of years ago now, um, a coach suggested uh, the, the two words, vulnerable and valuable, and it just resonated with me so much that I literally took, and um, you know, I don't even have a printer in my house now, but I did then, and um, I put those two words as big as I could possibly put them on a landscape version, you know, so turn sideways version of a piece of paper, vulnerable and valuable. You know, the and was really small. In fact, I might not have even had an and in it. Um, and I just had that up right here on my desk where I could see it all the time for a couple of years until it soaked down in me so much that, you know, now I just, I see it in my mind's eye even as I'm going through my day and I always encourage myself to be vulnerable and valuable because you need to understand you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world does need you. You know what else? They want you. They want you to show up and be the vulnerable, valuable, amazing, powerful you that you are. And all you got to do is just lead with your heart. Share your heart with the world. People will see you. They will know you. They will love you. And your heart will resonate with those people that you were sent here to serve. And with that, you will find yourself living every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until we're together again next time, I hope you're happy safe, warm and loved, and you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. who's on a mission stand out with your brand out <laughs> check this out guys yep everything's marketing and marketing is everything your existing book can become a best-selling book or even hey like mine a number one international best-selling book in five days listen if your business isn't known by everybody it's obscurity and that's death right the same thing is true for your book if you're not happy with the way your book is performing you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling Go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve,
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You